thing on. everybody welcome back for another episode of the cut i'm your host christian williams and i'm here as always with randy hall randy how are you man doing good nice uh fun relaxing came in session before this unfortunately watched the Cavs lose but yeah, glad to be fun. back glad to start off the off season feels like the right way with the mock drafts start yeah. talking a little bit about a couple of these guys and full steam ahead after that <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we're getting into heavy draft season. We did take, obviously, a, a pretty much a month of hiatus after the fantasy season. Much needed this year for both of us, I think. But we are back, ready to go, ready to talk about the draft. And like Randy said, what better way to kick it off than with Aiden? An NFL mock draft, we normally, you know, kind of ease into this um, because we want to, you know, watch some more guys. But this feels like the right time to do a mock draft. There are a lot of mock drafts going around. There's a lot of hype being thrown around for a lot of these guys. So we're going to get into it. Before we do that, um, thoughts on the games this weekend, the conference championships. Who are your picks? Who? What? How do you think this Mahomes injury is going to play out? Because I think that that's the most compelling storyline. I think we saw a little bit of how it's going to play out, you know, the second half of that game where uh, Mahomes is back in, but we know he's not really mobile. He's heavily limping. That's off of a ton of, you know, adrenaline, obviously. Um, I, I think we have a similar situation coming into this week. Obviously, a little bit more ginger in the situation going in instead. Uh, but I, I think he's playing. I think he'll be able to sit in the pocket and move uh, the ball. The The issue is last week the Bengals were blitzing with very exotic packages, and I, I think they're going to be able to get to Mahomes. So if they can play some press coverage and stop Kelsey from getting open quick, it'll be – a very tough game for that Chiefs offense. I think they might try and lean on that running game a bit more and quick out to McKinnon. So we'll go from there. But I think I'm still going to pick the Bengals. They seem to have their number. At this point, that's who I would root for on the AFC side. So, yeah. Yeah, Eli Apple's making that really tough on Twitter uh, today. I've never really concerned myself with Eli Apple. (laughs) That's so fair. that's fair. And he's bad at football, if I'm being completely honest. But, um, you know, the Bengals are here. I think uh, Pacheco is probably going to have a decent day. I think if the Bills had any sort of running game, they would have had a more successful day on offense. But they just they refused to kind of invest in that or they invested in it, but improperly uh, with James Cook, who, you know, he couldn't even find his footing for most of the game. So um, bummer for the Bills, I, I think. Being a Super Bowl or bust team, having those expectations is fun until it comes to an end. And I just think, I think mostly Bills and Cowboys fans are taking it the hardest. Um, Cowboys, different situation. Um, the Tony Pollard injury really freaking sucks for this offseason. And we're going to talk about that a little bit uh, as we get down to some of these picks in this mock draft. But um, Cowboys are in a, in a tough situation. I think there's a lot of discourse about Dak Prescott. I don't think it's really warranted. 
um, because I think people are walking out of that game thinking, well, he, he didn't play very well. Well, no one expected a great game, I don't think, out of him. I think they expected better. Um, but yeah. And then Brock Purdy, do you think that he can keep this going, man? So some some background. Rookie quarterbacks in conference championship games have been atrocious in the history of the NFL. So do you think the magic lives on? It, I think there's a really good chance simply because the magic really doesn't come from him. Um, and I, we've and we've gone over it more, I think, personally over the last few weeks, just watching the games where yeah, he's made some really good safe throws, but he's down the field. He's made some really atrocious throws that have kind of worked out. Uh, not really to his uh, doing, and it's more of just lucky or a bad angle by a safety. And so there's a few things that he's definitely not clicking on, but if he's just dumping it short uh, to those athletes and they're able to run the ball, which they're still going to be able to run the ball, um, he definitely has a chance, but this is going to be a really tough matchup. The, the Eagles are tough against the run. They're tough against the short passes. They get to you. Their secondary is healthy which it has been for the stretch of the, the last stretch of the year, but they got Gardner Johnson back and it's going to be a tough one, man. I, I think I, I'm going Eagles here um, simply because I, I would rather watch a Bengals Eagles game. Sure. In that matchup, hypothetically for Ohioans uh, and betters out there, would you take the Eagles over the Bengals in that situation? No, Um Simply to spite Adam, though. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely take the Bengals. I the Bengals are a likable team, you know. We're, we're from Ohio, it's not going to be, you know, I think at this point, Christian would rather root for them. Um, but yeah, for sure, that's necessarily what I'm doing. But I, it's a bunch of likable guys, and uh, they're doing stuff, they built it kind of differently in the right way, and they play a fun brand of football. Uh, not to say that the Eagles don't, though, and the Eagles have some studs on their side as well. That's why I'd rather I'd rather have a chance at a thirty-eight to thirty-five Super Bowl than almost guaranteed of seventeen to twenty. So, yeah. no, I, I hear you there. I, I've I tried really hard to dislike Joe Burrow, and it's impossible. Um, it's it that that dude is is so drippy. He's got so much swag. Uh, that slow mo video of him throwing and spinning uh, in pregame against the Bills. I should have I should have cashed out my bet on the Bills. As soon as I saw that, I should have known. I should have known. Um, okay. Um, that's how I feel, too. I think Eagles-Bengals is the most ideal Super Bowl uh, matchup. That's yeah. They're both the favorites right now, too. So, Yeah, I, I do think both games are toss-ups, though, so it should be a fun weekend in football, and we'll go from there. <laughs> yeah. I know we're going to be betting on it, Christian, a lot more than me because <sighs> no legal gambling here. Um, yep. Yep. Well, the Bills kind of made betting a lot less fun last weekend, but that's okay because um, we're going to give them some some tools to fix their problems in this NFL mock draft. Uh, we are going to go through 32 picks. There are only 31 technically in the first round, uh, but for the sake of picking 32 picks, the Steelers are going to squeak their way into the back of this round here, mostly because we wanted even numbers of picks, and Randy just typed the the Steelers and um, I got the odds. I know Randy got the evens. Um, 
And so I get to pick for the Bears, which, you know, Randy alluded to it. Kind of my new favorite team. Pretty invested in the Bears. Listen to some Bears podcasts, too. Um, and I have been, obviously, the Bears are, they're, they're going to trade this pick if there is a good offer. Um, I think that it's kind of known that that's what they're trying to do because there are QB needy teams here in the top 10. Um, I th- w- Quick question before we start going over the pick. What's the lowest you would go if you were the Bears in a trade back? Like the lowest number down? Yeah. Nine? I know it. Okay. Now, depending on the haul, that's, I think if you get just a crazy, crazy offer, I'd, I'd go down that far. Yeah, I'd really, obviously. if I'm the Bears, I'd love to stay in the top four and make sure you get Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. Yeah, I think that's the most ideal situation, but uh, a lot of it people aren't talking enough about, hey, what if Colts trade up at four, take their guy, it's the guy the Texans want. Are the Texans then just picking their second quarterback, or are they picking one of the top two players in the draft? I think that's a little bit more likely. Um, I think this is definitely a draft of people ranking these top four a lot of different ways, and we'll see how that pans out, but it's definitely I, – I think the Bears have to trade back, personally, just because their team has so many holes, and that's why going down to nine would give you, I mean, at least two firsts, at least two seconds, if, and maybe a player or some later compensation this year even. Like, yeah. you're getting a haul to go down that far for a quarterback as well. Uh, are you getting one of the top two players? No. Uh, but then you're falling down a little bit. You're going to – that second-tier edge rusher, the second-tier D-tackle, first-tier offensive lineman, uh, first-tier receiver. You know, like, you're you're changing the game to where you need to, where they're just a weird situation uh, that they really – I mean, you have your quarterback. Uh, you have to re-sign your running back. You mm-hmm. don't really have a guaranteed wide receiver one. I'm not even going to say you have a locked-in guaranteed tight end. Your defense yeah. is locked in to everyone being gone. Uh, <laughs> so, like – you got so many holes, you can't really be picky necessarily. Um, but I, I think the least you're taking is to go down to two and maybe like two thirds. I think that's the lowest I would take to move. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see that as a super likely scenario. Um, but I, I could, I guess I could see it because if the Texans do narrow down to one quarterback. So enough of this, I guess. I'll just give my pick. I went with Will Anderson, the edge rusher out of Alabama. With this one, I think that there's a real chance that they value Jalen Carter over Will Anderson because of his Jalen Carter's ability to rush the passer, but also provide good run defense. Where Will Anderson does that well too, but the Matt Eberflus has talked about the importance of the three tech in this defensive scheme. They don't have one right now. That said, I think a trade down scenario is to go get DeForest Buckner in the fourth overall pick, and then sprinkle in some other picks and then it is i think you'd have to give some picks in that scenario but like i think but buckner's getting a little old the colts are kind of in a weird position um but like i think that there are scenarios where the bears fill their three tech hole and still don't have a really good really any pass rush they generated very little qb pressures last year um, and so I think Will Anderson makes some sense. He's not really the ideal size for the Ibraflus edge rusher, but he's 
him and Jalen Carter are a tier above every player in this class for me, including the quarterbacks. So I don't think you can go wrong with either one of them. I wouldn't say they're tier above every player, uh, but we won't talk about that other player for a while. Uh, but yeah, I think he's the perfect oh, yeah. pick. He, he might That's not right. be the best fit for this team, but he's the best talent for this team. Uh, and if you're a defensive coach that can't plan around having a guy like this and maybe then working to get more of your scheme fit edge on the opposite side to kind of counterbalance that, uh, I think you're probably not going to be a defensive coordinator for a while after that. So uh, moving to the Texans, they're not trading up, no trades in this. I, I do think the next one we do with these, we'll probably have trades. It's yeah. just getting – this one. is a lot more about getting – kind of looks at what the teams might be going for and getting these names out to people that haven't seen them or listening a little bit more than just reading. Uh, but two here for the Texans, Bryce Young, quarterback Alabama. You're just going to keep hearing it. He's been the most consistent quarterback uh, at all facets of the game, all college season. He's going to go number – well, he's probably going to go number one. Uh, he's probably going to be the first quarterback off the board. I think he's going to be both of ours QB1s. I'm not quite sure. Christian – might give him minus 11 for size. I, I really don't know anymore. So we'll go from there. But he, he really does everything well. Uh, he's not a run-first quarterback by any means. He does have size concerns. I'm, those are legitimate. There really is no comparison to his body size in the NFL at the quarterback level. You'll hear people say Kyler or Russ. He doesn't have kind of the stature of them, uh, the, the stockiness of them to really back up the hits. And if we're talking about it, both have been injured in this career. Kyler a lot more. So it, it, there's not really an ideal situation. He is kind of a unicorn in that sense. Uh, but I do think he can be a good quarterback in the future. But it's the Texans. They really don't have weapons. They don't have much. So yeah. we'll get on that, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my thoughts on Bryce Young. Uh, Bryce Young is a really difficult evaluation because – on one hand, he's probably the smartest football player in this class. Um, just he throws with anticipation. He sees the field better than really anyone, by far anyone, and including C.J. Stroud, who I think does see this field pretty well. Um, he, he, We've seen him take massive hits from SEC defenders and pop right back up. Um, you know, someone compared him. I, I don't remember which podcast I was listening to, but they said he can be the Steph Curry of the NFL and bring in a new age of quarterbacking where um, it's a finesse type of situation. That's his favorite athlete. Um, I get it. He's kind of small and he's got to do things that are a little different, like Steph shooting from half court. Um, Bryce, I, I don't have Bryce as my QB1 currently, though, because I do. I want to see if he's 5'10 and a half or if he's 5'11. And really, that doesn't matter that much. Um, but I know he's not six foot. So that's a problem, I think. And I think that you may get knocked by NFL teams for that. Yeah. And he's going to have a weird, we'll move on quickly after this, but he's going to have a weird offseason process because he's going to come to the, the combine. Uh, he'll probably get measured and he'll probably weigh in and he'll probably bulk up to like 201. And then he's not going to do shit else until his yeah. pro day, where he's going to be back down to 185, 180, uh, still be the same size, and then throw really well because it's a pro day. So it's going to be a weird thing. Um, he's going to try and check the no so minuscule boxes that he's going to at the combine and then move on. Uh, because at this point, he doesn't have to prove much in that level besides his size, uh, where the other guys might. So. 
Yeah. Yeah. Bryce is a good quarterback. We'll talk about him a lot this offseason. Uh, moving on to three, I had the Arizona Cardinals here. Once again, no trades. Uh, I took Miles Murphy, the edge out of Clemson. It's a little early, obviously. Um, I think Miles Murphy is going to have a really good pre draft process, though. Uh, Miles Murphy is an incredi- incredibly powerful dude. He's got speed to power, he's got a good repertoire of, of moves in his toolbox. Um, I think he kind of got overshadowed by all of the players on the Clemson defensive line. But as you go back and watch his tape, you realize, oh, he's still the same player. He can still be a dominant edge rusher. The Cardinals probably go a different direction here. I just think if they're taking edge, they would go Miles Murphy. Yeah, I had a little debate when you did this where I thought they might like Tyree Wilson better. Um, I get it. And I thought also about Jalen it. Jalen Carter was on the board. So, but it is the Cardinals. And while they do have a new regime there, we can't guarantee that they're also not stupid. So, uh, Miles Murphy, like you said, he kind of got blended into that Clemson defensive line. I think they all had that issue because they're all very good and they all moved around a good amount as well. So, there's just a big mix of guys there. And that's why you hear guys like Brian Bercy moving up and down the draft board right now because people don't know where you're supposed to fit in and they didn't see enough in certain positions. And uh, we've seen that a lot for the last few years of people being moved around a lot. And some guys, it's the best thing in the world. And some guys, everyone hates it, which that's what you're going to get in this kind of process. Uh, Colts at number four, Will Levis, quarterback, Kentucky. Uh, Colts fans hate this, bro. Um, (laughs) They should. But this is what they're picking. I I don't know what to tell you. To me, this team fits better with C.J. Stroud. Um, I think it fits better with Bryce Young as well. Um, yeah. I don't think Anthony Richardson is a better fit than Will Levis for this team. But no. he is the height, weight, speed that the Colts love. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I, I just think he they're going to see a more developmental piece in him than they will for C.J. And I think that's going to be the ceiling comps are going to be what they're going to be salivating over uh him throwing deep to michael Pittman, uh and no one else on that team uh basically i mean I, they have some pieces i'll, I'll be pierce. respectful but Alec like, pierce can be a good, good player the team is pierce campbell's a, a free agent <laughs> yeah um, they do but i will say you know i think levis will be able to work slightly better in the type of pocket that the colts will probably be dealing with this next year than C.J. Stroud would off the bat, so I'll give him that at least. Uh, but you're going to hear Will Levis to the Colts a ton. You're seeing in mocks them trading to one and taking Will Levis. I, it's it's what you're going to hear from now till April until we hear more stuff. Yep, I have thoughts on Will Levis. I I think he's he's got a shot to be a good player. I just think it's yep. tough for me to invest in an, a developmental quarterback that's coming off of his fifth year in college and really didn't have a super productive season ever i would argue he was fine um it's just some of the decision making is really really questionable some of the lack of mechanical consistencies um you know he he masked it he's he's got a bazooka and that's what teams love um so i think you're right i think he probably will be qb1 or two off the board if i had to bet right now yep all right, number five, the Seahawks. This is their pick from the Russell Wilson trade with the Broncos, and I gave them Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle out of Georgia. Uh, listen, I think Seattle is in a really good spot. I think they've got assets everywhere, 
and they also have a second first round pick to kind of play around with. They could go their quarterback of the future here if they wanted, but I think they are invested in Geno. A talent like Jalen Carter, you don't let slip past five, I don't think, because he's my number one player. I'll just He's number one on my big board. If he's here at five, I think the Seahawks are smart and take him. Yeah, I definitely understand that. Um, <laughs> yeah, It's just like, how is he here at five kind of situation? But um, the Seahawks really haven't had like elite D tackle play for a long time. So this is going to absolutely revamp that interior. Really help out their edge rushers who have been okay at best. Uh, a little bit improved this year. I'll give them some credit. But yeah. it really helped the defense and, and its totality. So good move there. Quick question for you. Think back to the Quinn and Williams draft. Would you have ranked Jalen Carter over Quinn and Williams? I know we didn't have our system set up for the Quinn and Williams draft, but do you remember how dominant Quinn was? I would have Quinn over, I think. Quinn was a little bit more of an impactful three down, like 80% of the game D tackle, and we haven't really seen that fully from Jalen Carter. I think that's fair. I But Georgia doesn't really ask its D tackles of that. So Yeah, they don't. They just rotate dudes because they've got dudes everywhere. So Yeah. Um, okay. Sorry, I just want to ask that. Yeah, no, it's it's a valid question because that's the caliber we're talking about here. So yeah. um number six, the Lions, uh their pick from the Rams, uh the Matthew Stafford trade, uh Tyree Wilson, edge rusher from Texas Tech. They have lucked out with Pascal and Houston uh, really stepping up this year at edge rusher, but they're not ones or twos. They are rotational guys. I think they can really help out a ton. Um, And they have been moving. They moved Aiden around a little bit as well. So that does give you a little bit more room to move him in uh, inside at different times and put someone else in, but they need a dominant number two opposite of Aiden to really help him out to maximize his potential in this league. So Tyree Wilson, uh, a little bit of an upside guy as well, um, but he he definitely has a, a pretty high ceiling here that I think he's a lot closer than people have given him credit to for so far. Obviously, still early in the process, so I, I'll reserve a little bit of judgment here, but I think he would be a really good scheme fit for them as well because uh, he does do a little bit of hand of the dirt, a little bit just stand up, so that's perfect for them. And I think Lions, it's hard not to pick – the type of character guys that they're going to like. <laughs> and mm-hmm. that's usually who I give them. <laughs> and I think Tyree really fits. Yeah. So that's a good way to battle Aiden's lack of length is go yes. get this guy. That's extremely long. And then in Pascal super long too. So I think that just makes for a pretty terrifying defensive line. I think that's a good pick. Uh, number seven, the Raiders pick here. I, don't know what the Raiders are doing just as an organization in general, but I do know that they haven't really done something like this in a long time. So I gave them CJ Stroud, the quarterback from Ohio state. I think with the weapons around their quarterback, whoever their quarterback is there, that person is set up to succeed. I think obviously you have to invest in the offensive line. I think you have to go make that happen. Um, however, they need a reset. Clearly, they're moving on from Carr, which is a bummer. I don't think they should, um, but it's time. C.J. Stroud, he's mine. He'd be one currently. That's not final, um, but I do think that there's a tier of him and Bryce together, and then there's the drop-off. 
Um, so this is a good value for them. Yeah, I, I do think I, I think I'm gonna have the grades the same way, uh, where it's gonna be them two together and then Levis and Richardson together. And then, I, and then everyone else. And then replacement caliber guys. Uh, I much. think that's what we're going with. So uh, in the nicest way we can. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and I, I, the only quarterback I have fully graded as of right now is Richardson, and he is just at the NFL starter uh, grade. So uh, if that's just kind of telling you. And that's some upside projection in there as well, I would say. But with traits being a, a decent part of our system. So – I think Stroud is a phenomenal pick for the Raiders. If they keep that offense intact, you still have to do so much work on that offensive line. I think there's been some upside plays this year at guard. Uh, I think center played well above their pay grade. Right tackle still nothing. Uh, Miller's really playing out of his mind to left tackle, but he needs help. Uh, that whole offensive line needs a lot of help, um, even if it's just continuity and just getting another guy at the bookend tackle position. Stroud needs that. So, uh, eight Falcons are a weird, weird pick. Uh, I think they would really like edge rusher. I think they really like D tackle. I think they would really (laughs) like corner. Uh, in theory, they would like a wide receiver, but we clearly not, uh, for what they do on offense. So I went offensive line and what, Many people uh, are saying is the best offensive lineman in the class. A little bit of versatility as well. Uh, Peter Skaronsky, some length concerns, which is, again. I don't care about it. I, I care about it to some extent. Um, I what I do not care for is how much we're going to hear with Rashawn Slater had shorter arms, and they both went to Northwest. I just, <laughs> it, I, it's the helmet scouting, and it pisses me off. I'm sorry, but yeah. you're going to hear it a few times. They're not the same player. They're not the same caliber of player, um, in my opinion. But Skaronsky is a very talented offensive lineman. I do think he could play tackle at the next level. That's not necessarily the Falcons' immediate need, uh, but I think they can. he can easily give them the best five out there uh, if he's playing interior or on tackle. No, I like Skronsky, and I think you're right that um, that versatility is something that I think an Arthur Smith offense is going to want, too. So, good pick. I think this is I, – I think the Falcons do take offensive line in some form or fashion. For some reason, I just, it's just a pick that makes sense to me. Yeah. Right now, I'm leaning offensive line or corner. That's, yeah. Those are my two. Yeah. I've, I've mocked a couple corners there in my simulator playing um okay number nine the panthers um there's some debate over where this player is gonna go i don't think he gets out of the top 10 um anthony richardson quarterback out of florida i don't know how the nfl looks at even what justin fields did this year and says i don't want a player like that i don't want a player that can change the way teams play defense anthony richardson is that type of player i understand he is very much so a project from a mechanical standpoint. He is flawed right now. And I say flawed. He's not actually that flawed. It's just very inconsistent. He oftentimes just gets out of whack. If he gets a good quarterback coach and he gets a good situation, which I think the Panthers are kind of low key, a good situation. I think that he has potential to be the best quarterback in this class. So, Anthony Richardson here. The Panthers have to do something like this. I, I really don't know how they don't leave this 
top 10 with a quarterback after all of the times they've passed on guys in the last few years, unless all yeah. four of them are gone before this. I guess. Yeah. But I think there's a good amount of them trying to trade up. Um, and I think if, if you're not willing to make that Godfather offer to get up to one uh, or even three to an extent or something like that, sitting back at nine or maybe even trading up to six does give you the advantage of getting the QB three or four. Uh, and that doesn't necessarily take you out of the race to get one of these veteran quarterbacks. I, I don't know if it's a guy that you're viewing as a three-year starter. It might just be a one-year guy. Um, and then you just kind of give the reins to Richardson, who I do think would really, really benefit from a full-year sitting um, just to kind of work on his mechanics for a full year, to be honest with you. Uh, consistent mechanics, like Christian went on. There, There is some tiny mechanic issues that I think you can pick up on and uh, see that he clearly needs to fix, but a lot of it is just kind of uh, speeding up at times. It really messes with his mechanics, and the game speeds up at the next level already. So I am a little worried about him playing right off the bat, but Agreed. we'll see. I, I'm, I would be more comfortable with him playing off the bat than I was for pretty much every quarterback last year. I would argue he's better than every quarterback from last year. I think he is. I'm just there. There's a couple in there, like like how, how I would have been fine playing week one. You know what I mean? Even though I think Richardson probably, I think I'll probably have how higher I'd say, but yeah. like I just I'd feel more comfortable with that style of guy in that where he landed playing right away. Whereas Richardson in this system, I think he would be fine. Um, I think he would do better than the quarterbacks they had this year. <laughs> so I think it'd be an automatic upgrade. But even if it's a guy like Mariota to just ink along the system for a little bit, I don't think it's the worst case scenario. Yeah, for sure. All right. You're uh, at 10. I'm, I'm evens. That's right. Uh, Eagles at 10, the pick from New Orleans. Um, which This was a trade last year uh, that the Saints traded up for Chris Olave. So. It worked out and also Even. kind of a bad trade. Uh, but the Eagles get Christian Gonzalez, the cornerback from Oregon for me. Uh, I don't think Bradbury returns to this team. I think they really need a cornerback two and eventual cornerback one of this team to replace Slay in a couple of years. I think he is the perfect pick for this kind of defense as well with size, uh, height, weight, speed, I guess. That's the best way to put that. And uh, I, He is the best cornerback for me right now. Uh, we'll, we'll finish that process and We'll go from there, but just from I kind of scattered, I kind of shotgun splatted the the cornerback class and looked at like ten, and I liked what I saw from him the most. Um, we'll get to the second guy in a little bit here. Um, me and Christian already talked about it off air a little bit, so mm-hmm. we'll see on that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I do think he is a little bit more of the most complete corner of this class, but there's other guys that do stuff better. So I have thoughts on, on Christian Gonzalez. I think the play over the back half of the year definitely improved his grade for me. Um, the play at the beginning of the year and even last year, I mean, he improved a lot from last year. Um, I, I, he's going to go first out of these corners. I think um, maybe, maybe not, I guess um, because of what we're alluding to that we'll get to here in a little bit, but it's just it's really tough to teach that height weight speed and he's gonna run like a four three something um he is fast i still think he goes first even with the hype but we'll go we'll get there 
We'll get there. All right. Uh, number 11, the Tennessee Titans are picking here. I gave them Broderick Jones, the offensive tackle from Georgia. Most Titans fans are going to tell you that they have a lot of needs. They need wide receiver. They need a ton on defense. But I would argue that Taylor Lewan is not going to be back. Uh, they're going to cut him. He's actually said he, that. He would argue that. <laughs> he knows that's happening. Uh, so I don't know if conversations have been had. It doesn't really matter. They need a left tackle of the future. They need a right tackle right now, too. Uh, so it, really, any way you spin it, they need an offensive lineman. Broderick Jones is my OT1 right now. I think from a uh, size-athleticism combination standpoint, he has the highest upside. He has one of the highest grades of any offensive tackle that I've graded in a long time. I think consistency is a problem. I think he can tend to get out of whack um, when he is in a straight drop back game. But this dude is a mauler, and Randy knows how much I like guys like that. Um, when you get this guy out in space, he's arguably like Makai Becton was uh, when he was coming out in space. And he's already a more refined pass blocker. So I love Roderick Jones. The way he's, dude, if you watch the All-22, like, it doesn't make sense how, like, cut he is in his, like, uniform. Normally, the offensive tackles like this are a little thick. He's not. He just, like, comes down. He's got a whole. Kevin Neal. Yes. Except, yeah. No. It's the same. It's it's the the same. same. (laughs) And I, I think it's the same kind of player as well. Um, uh, I think Neil coming out is a better pass blocker and I think, uh, Jones is a better run blocker, uh, coming down. So that's fair. Not the same. Um, it's a little bit more of a, you know, Seattle tackle, but, uh, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, for me, it's a weird thing because I think for their situation, Paris Johnson for me makes the most sense because he can play both sides, he can play inside, but for the team, (laughs) <laughs> not the yeah. situation the team's in, but for the team, Broderick Jones makes the most sense because he's a mauler. He can help that run game day one, no matter where he's playing. So I think it's the right pick, but I just want to point it out uh, why other people might like Paris a little bit better. Um, sure. Going to 12, uh, the Texans for the trade for Voldemort. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I took Brian Percy, the D-Tack from Clemson. Uh, like I said before, it's a guy that's kind of <laughs> moving up and down boards. Um, but to me, I think he gives you the best of you know both worlds, inside, outside. I think he really excels inside a D-tackle, especially in his pass rush capacity. I think he's – the Texans need best players that can play multiple positions right now to really get the best thing for them. Uh, for me, I think Paris Johnson was definitely in play uh, to replace – uh, get a new right tackle and possibly left tackle in the future. But other than that, I'm really not in, in love with anything else. I don't think they're going to bring in a defensive head coach or second corner at this high up pick isn't happening. At least Brzee fills multiple holes for you uh, on first and second down, and then he could switch on third down whenever needed. I think you play at 4-3 and 3-4 and multiple, uh, you know, so I think he's the right pick. Yeah. Brzee, to me, I, I think Clemson played him too much at, at one tech, um, yeah. where like I don't think that that's his best position. I think a three tech where he can get after the quarterback is definitely a, a much better position. But size-wise, like it makes sense that they'd toss him at one tech, right? Because he's got the length, and he yeah. can kind of set, uh, set the tone of the run game and kind of drive centers back. But I get him in a gap, a, man. In a 4-3, I think he could play a really good two tech. Um, mm-hmm. 
so where he's doing a little bit of that, but he can also still get to the outside from there. Uh, and he can still rip through, but being just a head up one tech is just, you're basically begging to get double or triple teams every play, which he still probably will for the Texans. So whatever, but like to get the most out of him, you need to be able to move him in my opinion. Yeah. Well, the Texans still have one of my favorite players in Jonathan Grenard. So um, yeah, which is why I didn't take an edge. Yeah, big facts. All right, uh, next pick. The Jets are taking Paris Paris Johnson Jr. from Ohio State. This seems to be one of the favorite picks in every mock draft. Um, I think this is like the most uh, player-to-team comp I've seen in NFL mock draft database. Shout out them. Uh, They have a really awesome simulator. But uh, they need an offensive tackle because Mekhi Becton right now is still a big question mark coming off two injuries in his young career. He is thinned out. It seems like he's focused up, but that doesn't absolve them from needing another tackle. Um, I think your best option is you move Elijah Vera Tucker consistently inside. He has played at tackle in the NFL and in college, and he did fine. But I think their best combination of offensive linemen includes him at guard. So I think you put Paris Johnson at left tackle or Maybe you bump him to right and then let Makai take the left tackle if he's in shape. I don't think it matters. They need an offensive tackle to protect whoever their new quarterback is. Yeah. And they're going the veteran route as well. And you have the running backs. You have the receivers, in my opinion. Uh, you kind of paid two free agent tight ends and you drafted Rucker. So I think you're good there. Uh, defense is young and getting better by the day. And you can kind of, in my opinion, you could really – get Paris Johnson, fill multiple needs possibly on the offensive line, make sure you have your best five out there for whatever guy you bring in, and then you can focus the rest of the picks on defense, which really doesn't need it, but you still can do it. So I really do think this is a good launching point, and I think this is how their draft should definitely start. Yeah. That said, I considered going the best safety prospect in this draft here just to make it. Everyone is putting Brian Branch there and Jets. People hate it. (laughs) I I love that more. Well, Uh, a first round safety to them is just Jamal Adams. It doesn't matter what happens. But the safety class is not the best. So at the top, I'll give Branch love. We'll talk about him in a second. But besides that, it's next tier, I'd say. And then. Some guys that are a lot of question marks, which safety will be really late in the process. So I feel comfortable saying that now, giving a little bit some for sure talk to that. But Patriots at 14, this is a big Brian Branch spot, in my opinion. Um, Dude, him and Duggar together. What? Him and Duggar together is just not fair. Yeah. And they, it's, you know, replace him accorded for the future. McCordy also might retire. Uh, Branch can play nickel corner and a couple other things. But I didn't go him. Uh, I want Quentin Johnson. I, I'm into I, it. I'm into it. He he does he does things that the Patriots offense doesn't have, you know. And he can get open deep, and he's a bigger body guy that also wins quick and does a lot of gadgety stuff. So I think he's a good moving piece for them. You have Bill O'Brien coming in as offensive coordinator. I think he can really, really use him to the best of his abilities. Uh, honestly, a lot like Jameson Williams at Alabama. I think that's your blueprint for Quentin Johnson for this team. Um, the issue is uh, <laughs> Daniel Jeremiah scared me um, because I really don't know how the league is evaluating these top three receivers. And it seems like Johnson is not going to be placed in the first round as of right now. 
Was he not in his first he round? He was line? not. He was not in the first round. Uh, which, yeah, that face, yes. So if it's not Quinton Johnson and it's receiver, I think it's Jordan Addison. Uh, yeah. Just want that pointed out. But I want Johnson because I think he diversifies this offense. And that's what this offense really fucking needs. And just, you know, an offensive coordinator, which they got now. Yeah. I, I think the Bill O'Brien hire, we didn't talk about it, but I think that's actually really good for both Alabama and the Patriots because I think Alabama was kind of done with him after this last year. Yeah, he, bad... he was Mac Jones' coordinator. They already have a – they know how the best work with each other, and I, I think they can really do a lot of good. So, which, yeah. you know, as long as you're not just throwing 20 screens a game, I think you're winning that battle. Also, Tyquan Thornton on the other side. So you have two field stretchers just going nuts. Um, You do have to re-sign Jacoby. um, Which might not happen. I think it'll happen, uh, but I think they might try and get out of Johnny Smith and maybe I don't know with all that. But either way, I think wide receiver here fits, but I I do want to say corner, safety, offensive line. Like there's there's multiple things that can work for the Patriots. Honestly, no one wants to see it, but Bajan works. (laughs) <laughs> it does it really just, does yeah jameer gibbs bill o'brien no. Wants over bajan no, no that's no, not gonna no, happen no, no. um never over bajan <laughs> facts um okay <laughs> i'm gonna go with the packers here at 15 and this is where i have brian branch coming off uh safety out of alabama Brian Branch is a top five player in this class for me. I think he is one of the better safety prospects I've studied since we started doing this. Um, Just the versatility that he plays with. He can run fit as well as any safety I've watched in in a while, but he can also play corner at a cornerback. Like he plays nickel corner as well as corners. Um, And that's pretty remarkable for a safety. And he did it consistently. He played outside corner at times. He was the star in Saban's defense, which is uh, star is actually a position in the defense where he is close to the line of scrimmage. He does make a lot of the checks and calls and things like that. Very highly intelligent football player. Um, And the Packers really, they, they need a safety. They went back to Darnell Savage. He had a bit of a late season renaissance, but I think that, Amos is getting old. Savage has been inconsistent. You just shore up that position a little bit. Yeah, I, as a pure safety, I think it works. I hate it because they have three corners that they're going to use. So he'll never be nickel. But it's true. Uh, Unless it's, you know, like dime or whatever. But yeah. He could also be potentially better than like Douglas in the nickel. Potentially. He might be. Um, I do think he can pretty much step in year one, year two, and be Chauncey Gardner Johnson. I think that's yeah. you know the the right player comp for right now, at least. I do think he has the potential to be a little bit better. But Chauncey's a great in the box. He's good at over the top and you know center field coverage, and he is always rotated in his nickel corner. I think that's the type of guy you're going with. And you know he was a highly valued trade commodity for the Eagles this year. And, He's, he might pl- come up big in the next two weeks. So uh, yeah. I think that, well, next three weeks, I guess. But, yeah, so that, that's that's the type of impact we're looking for off the top. And that's why it's like Packers, maybe it doesn't give you as much, but maybe not off the top, but uh, yeah. eventually it will. So 16 commanders, just to really spite the Steelers, I uh, gave them Joey Porter Jr. so the Steelers couldn't get him. Uh, <laughs> but in reality, the corner from Penn State, uh, just for that, uh, he – 
I, I, I had Gonzalez. I said he's my cornerback one right now. I don't know who's going to be the cornerback one to end this. I don't think it's going to be Jordan Porter Jr., but I think he's going to be that second tier or in the same tier as the one, I guess. Uh, but he he is very good. Uh, obviously, there's a Steelers connection with his dad playing there, but I, I do think the commanders need so much help at corner. I don't care who it is. Uh, I don't care if they draft two, uh, but they, they need corner really, really bad. And they've needed corner for a long time as well. And I think they finally addressed the hero, Joey Porter Jr., I don't know if he's your one of the future, but I, I know he's on the field for the future. Yeah, I love Joey Porter Jr.'s game. Um, he's going to be in my first tier no matter what. I don't know where it'll all shake out right now. Yeah, he's my two. I'd say I yeah, I'd say he's in the first tier of three. Yeah, like yeah. three in the first tier. Yeah, for sure. Um, very good player. I think his versatility, too, is what the commanders need. So um, and next pick. Because you went that direction, which, by the way, I would have gone Joey Porter Jr. with that pick, of course, with the the connection. But the Steelers are picking here at 17. And we I want to put it out there that we did this mock. We did, yeah, this, we did this like last month. last week. <laughs> last week we did it. And then it came out that Kenny Pickett would love to have Jordan Addison back um, because that was his, you know, Heisman level season. Uh so I'm giving him Jordan Addison, wide receiver out of now USC. He played with Kenny Pickett at Pitt. Um, the Steelers outside, so they have Pickens, they have Deontay Johnson. They don't have an offensive coordinator, so that's the part here that sucks. But I think when your quarterback that you have now invested a first-round pick in that is supposedly your quarterback of the future, which I have my doubts, um, when he says, hey, I want Jordan Addison and – you look around the league and you see a ton of dudes that have their number one receiver from college and they're succeeding. I think you have to consider it. And the Steelers don't have depth behind Pickens and Deontay. And so who did, who did, who else did they draft last year? They drafted another um, like slot. Yeah. The little guy. Um, forget his name off the top of my head. Yeah. He um, didn't play much. So, but yeah, I, I just remember we're like, okay, well that's, I mean, Pretty yeah, good. I wish I wish I remembered his name. <laughs> Starts with a C. I know that. Um, That's not fucking helpful. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Addison does bring them a different type of receiver too, which I think they need something like that. So I don't necessarily think he brings them a different type of receiver fully. I think he. Think he I think he's Deontay. Uh, I think he's Deontay. Yeah. Don't you fucking say plus. I will leave if you disrespect my boy. Listen, here's my thing. So I saw a stat today. The Steelers ran like uh, like comeback routes or, you know, curls, things like that, an absurd amount of time this year. Like stuff yeah. that is – it sucks. Yeah, it's the opposite of like the 49ers offense that relies on yards after the, after the catch, which is Deontay's bag. That's kind of Addison's bag too. He is fast. He's a good separator. Um Deontay is too. Pickens isn't. Um, so that's kind of where I was thinking, I guess. But I don't yeah. know, man. This was a fun pick. I it's had a fun, fun pick. Real kicking in the nads to my uh, Deontay love. But I will I will say, like, Deontay, I believe he signed a three-year extension just last year. So he's got two years left on that. I don't know if they extend him past then. I do think it's a bit early to replace him with a first-round pick. But – uh, they, you know, they went Pickens last year to replace Claypool real quick. So who knows? 
Um, but I, I, you know, I, I don't think anyone on this podcast ever will disrespect a USC receiver because we seem to absolutely love him. Uh, and I think Addison really is in contention to be the wide receiver one off the board uh, and wide receiver one for our rankings. Uh, he's, he's definitely very talented, so he will fit in well if, you know, the ball can get to the receivers. Yeah, for sure. Uh, 18 here, Lions uh, get a corner that they are going to fucking love. I, I'm sorry, I, I do this a lot. Uh, Devin Witherspoon, cornerback, Illinois, uh, a very, very – vocal leader on the defense. I think they really, really need that in that secondary, especially in that corner room. Um, I, I think they have talent in the corner room for sure, but I, I do think getting your number one of the future, which I have some doubts that Witherspoon will be able to be like talent-wise a full number one for like a lockdown outside, but he's definitely going to step up to the challenge to do so. And that's, I think that's why he's going to keep skyrocketing up boards. We talked about that off air, um, but he is going to keep rising because he's going to nail the interview process. Uh, he's going to nail the board work. He's going to, you know, and he has good tape to back it up. Uh, and you're, there's not going to be a phone call with a coach that isn't loving him at Illinois. So I, I do think he is going to keep skyrocketing up boards I'm not sure he's at this pick for the Lions when we're there. Uh, I don't think he gets past 16. Uh, in reality, I, I think someone might trade up for him. Honestly, <laughs> I think if the Lions want him, either they have to like take this pick and move up somewhere in the eight to 12 range. I, I actually think that I think he's going to be a top 10 pick with everything I've been seeing, and I get it. He's my CB one right now. Um, that said, from us like his work waiting on stems on, on the stem of his wide receiver that he's covering, concerning, just super strange that he just kind of stands there and then he waits and then he just jumps the route, but he jumps it every single time. He like and he's super, super physical at the top of a break. And I can't I don't understand I've never watched a corner that plays quite like him, I don't think. I He's a weird. He's a weird watch, um, simply because of those predictions. Um, I don't know if he is, you know, a, a quarterback level tape watcher, um, or he he's just be. guessing, or he's just yeah. guessing. Because uh, guess because Trayvon Diggs just guesses. I can yep. tell you that for and, sure. And he leads leads in picks in picks most of the time. I think he could do the same thing to the Lions here. By the way. Um, he's got, good but I think I think he puts in the work, and I just think he is understanding what the passing game is trying to do, and he's jumping routes. Does he have the the best hands of the class at corner? I don't think so. So the ball skills are gonna knock him a bit, but he's got good enough hands to make the play. He's made plenty of plays, but he's gonna break it up at worst case, I think. But there is gonna be plays where he gets toasted because he he gambled. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's the thing. It's a different level um, at the next. Yeah. So, I mean, clearly, obviously, not, he's going up to the NFL. It's not really a division I like uh, gambling, especially against no. one team. Yeah, for sure. 
but I love this pick. I think if the Lions want him, they either have to trade up or take him at six. And I think I think they take. Him I think six. him. I think them taking a corner at nine with a trade back with the the Panthers to get ahead of the Raiders for a quarterback. I think that's something that makes sense to go either him or Gonzalez uh, yeah. instead of Edge necessarily there. Because I think if Wilson's there, I think the Falcons might go him over yeah. tackle or corner. So, but the Falcons also might take him because Terrell isn't really that type of corner. Uh, so it, it would give, you know, you could test the other side, but it'll probably get picked, or you could go at her one that didn't play as well this last year. Yeah, yeah, very true. All right, um, next pick, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't know what to do with them. Um, there's, uh, have... <laughs> offensive line, corner, edge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, edge is where, like, I hesitate a bit, because Tryon Shoyanka, not enough time to really evaluate if he's going to be a dude. I was low on him. And they took him in the first. Um, obviously, the athletic tools were there, um, but he hasn't really developed. They took Logan, Logan Hall, Hall. Almost called him Logan Wilson. That's the linebacker for the Bengals, um, Logan Hall. And I didn't like him all that much either. He was a tweener, and neither of them really had a good year. I think that's a good option here for them but i think you bank on them developing i went with osiris torrance the offensive guard out of florida uh he's a top 10 player for me in this class you know positional value set aside i guess but um just a very very powerful dude that really holds up in pass protection they're going to need to protect but they also need to figure out their running game because i don't think that obviously byron left which is out someone new is coming in but I think that they really need to figure out their running game with Fournette still there next year, Rashad White there. Osiris Torrance helps that. Um, yeah, and he I, protects whoever the new quarterback is. So. They they had a massive, you know, gap with Ali Marpet gone, and they they really couldn't get much there. Uh, it really affected them all year. I think this is the best pick for them, especially where they're sitting at the draft here, um, because you're probably reaching for the second tier of corner. You're definitely reaching for second, third tier edge. Um, so getting a top tier there, uh, Michael Mayer, uh, I think makes some sense as well. Um, but again, we're, we're getting a different offensive coordinator. So they also I, seem to like Otten quite a bit. Well, they, um, they do, but it's he's just their only tight end right now. Like, yeah. Past this year. So it's it's a weird situation, um, it, and like you said, with I don't know if Fournette's under contract, but like Bajan makes sense. But if you can't if you couldn't run the ball last year, you might as well start with the all line first and get a running back maybe next year instead or later in the draft because this is a deep running back class. So I think Torrance is by far the best pick from how the board fell. Yeah, cool. Uh, Twenty Seahawks get Camp Smith, the corner from South Carolina, for me. Definitely in the second tier of corners. Um, I think this is like a anywhere from like a two to four cornerback grouping. Uh, I just think he gives you a little bit more upside, and I, they're a weird team because I know they like athletic freaks. Uh, you, you really have uh, Woolen as your one corner on the outside. Okay. <laughs> um, and I think Kobe Bryant can be a better used slot corner. So you really need to really need to find different spelling, uh, uh, different talent. Um, 
really need to find the, the secondary corner on the outside. And I think Cam Smith could really fill that role for you day one. Uh, and their secondary has been up and down at different times. And I think he can help solidify it for the future, especially after you already got uh, Jalen Carter to help share up the middle <laughs> to start and really help out your, your linebacking quarter get free a little bit more. I think this is the best play here while you're still figuring out edge rushers to strengthen the secondary. Yeah. I have my thoughts on Cam Smith, but I want to watch a little bit more before I finalize yeah. them. Like, like I'm, I said, scattershot. I, I, they're still going to carve sure. out the hard edges of all these guys. but And he was a guy I really liked heading into the offseason, but assuming some development, and I'm not certain that it happened this year. Um, I, th- I think he thinks he's J.C. Horn, but he's not. Right, yeah, and I don't – I think the problem is I don't think he's that athlete. Um, he's not that size. <laughs> and that's Yeah, that's also part of it. And I don't even think he's as fast. But um, I know he's not as fast, actually. JC ran a crazy 40. <laughs> like, yeah. JC's insane. Um, you mentioned they just got Jalen Carter. Uh, the next pick, another Jalen, potentially, uh, for the Chargers. Uh, Jalen Hyatt has been a popular mock uh, pick here. I'm not going that direction. I don't think Jalen Hyatt's going to be a first rounder. Um, I don't know, but on the board for the well, first of all, 21st pick is the Dolphins, but they don't have a pick. So true. Ten, yeah. But I'm not sure if the draft is going to consider that the 21st pick or third is going to say the Chargers are the 21st. But I just want to state that. Yeah, uh, good, for good now. call. But for the board, I, I mean, Jackson Smith and Jacob makes the most sense if they're picking receiver, just because I think he can. Right work with what they have now, but if they want to get out of uh, Keenan Allen this year uh, after the injuries and underperforming because of said injuries, uh, I, he makes no sense to really make sure the office doesn't skip a beat. But Yeah, that's correct. And instead, I gave them a receiver uh, in a different form in Bijan Robinson, the running back out of Texas. I think uh, I do this every year. Randy pointed it out. I made a joke like, you're going to be shocked at my next pick. And Randy goes, I'm not shocked. You do you do this all the time. Um, but there's a lot of reason to believe that the Chargers will do something like this, especially they go up 27 to nothing in the playoffs. Brandon Staley's still there. They're, Joe, uh, Joe Lombardi is not. They're going to have a new offensive coordinator. That very much so impacts this pick. But you go up 27 to nothing, you can't run the ball, and you don't run the ball. Austin Eckler, very good running back. Nice pass catcher. Still think he has a couple years maybe left. Maybe. He's getting to an old age. Bijan Robinson gives you kind of the best of both worlds. If you need to line up uh, Bijan at wide receiver, he can do that. He did that at Texas. If you need to give him 25 carries in a game, he can handle that workload. If you need to just pound the ball down someone's throats, you can do that. Um, Bijan Robinson is a top five talent in this class. Uh, Positional value aside, him being, I don't know where this kid's going to go. I don't know how the NFL is going to value him, but I know that, if Saquon went three, I could see him going as early as top 10. And I could also see him fall into a team like the Chargers here. For fantasy, I hate it. Me too. Um, but I don't care. He'd still be my one-on-one. I'll throw that out there. I, yeah, I, I would do the same. Um, <laughs> Eckler would be weird, toast, I think, actually. It's a weird thing. Um, simply because like, what you're talking about is they need a guy that could still catch passes, you know, but they, 
the specific situation of the playoff game is they're up and they need to grind the clock more. You could still have Eckler do the pass catching role. This is just such a deep running back class that you can get a bruiser that can catch a pass later. That it, it yeah. just it seems like a waste of a pick, but it's hard to say that when it's the best running back we've seen. Bingo. Besides, I mean, Saquon's the only comparable, really. So, uh, and yeah, that does include Jonathan Taylor for people that are asking. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Taylor didn't really catch the ball in college, so he's not going to measure up. Um, just saying. Yeah, he also fumbled a lot. Um, okay, go ahead. <laughs> uh, Ravens, speaking of Jackson Smith and Jayba, I went there. This is a weird eval simply because I don't know. I mean, in theory, the Mars back. Um, yeah, it, exactly. Charbonnet. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry for people watching. <laughs> uh, yeah. Never uh, Sharps. Yeah, he'd be a great fit there. But uh, I, I get, I get the no wide receivers. The Ravens. I know it's not a position they necessarily value, but I think it is very obvious that they have no help uh, besides Bateman. And I, I do think Robinson stepped up in a few games that he was definitely needed. But, I mean, even Andrews played terribly this year down the stretch. Um, I, I, they're drafting a receiver this year, in my opinion, the Ravens. And <laughs> with Bajan off the board, it really, like, takes a sale out of, like, making a splash pick in this round. Um, there are some other needs, obviously, a corner. But, again, we've had – enough corners come off the board to where you're getting that second, third tier of corner. I'd rather get a first year receiver and really make a big weakness on my team, less of a weakness by far, and really encourage like Lamar coming back, getting another weapon that can actually catch the ball short and deep uh, along with Bateman. Yeah. You could just do a two receiver set then with all the tight ends you want and run the ball. And yeah, he's not going to be, you know, the biggest fantasy weapon there. Because uh, no receiver really will be, but I do think it changes a bit. And I think Lamar has grown as a pocket passer enough uh, to where I don't know if he can have two wide receivers that are, you know, top 15 or top 20, but I, he could definitely have one. So, yeah. Um, I have to remember, too, Greg Roman's gone. So this offense yes. probably looks a lot different next year, and they need pieces around Lamar. Um, because I don't think Lamar comes back if they don't put pieces around him. So I love this pick. I it's gonna be I I will be mocking wide receiver to the Ravens in almost every mock that I do. Um, I'll just throw that now, out there, whether it's him or not. Yeah, depending on how you restructure cap, it's also a place where they could you know trade a second round for D Hop, and then this is an irrelevant pick because we wouldn't make this pick then. But yeah. just saying, very true. All right, uh, 23 overall, the Vikings. I, The Vikings have a lot of needs. Um, last year, they took Andrew Booth. Uh, I think they have a need at edge rusher, but we've had a, quite a few go thus far. I think there's that clear tier at the top, and then you kind of wait. I think that this would that would be a good pick here, but I went with Keely Ringo, the corner out of Georgia. That said, uh, you mentioned Dana Jeremiah. Keely Ringo did not go in Jeremiah's first mock either and i think that there's good reason for that i don't think he has first round tape but i think after he tests after we see how incredibly athletic he is i think he's going to get that boost back up into the first round but people will still be hesitant the vikings need dudes uh in the secondary they don't have much even patrick peterson kind of struggled down the stretch 
Andrew Booth, I think, will still be good, but that's a good corner duo either way. So, Yeah, I think it's a decent fit where they have a couple other bodies there, and he doesn't have to be necessarily the one off the bat as well. I think that can definitely help. He's got some weird tape, like you said. I, I do think you know, more elite route runners definitely gave him way more fits. And, and to be fair, those guys give corners fits no matter what. But, you know, more of a big body one, he pretty much dominated a lot of the time. So I do think he has enough, you know, physical traits and then enough tape on certain levels to, to definitely get to the back end of the first year. And Vikings are a team, like you said, are very desperate on defense. I, I do think we could see an entirely different Vikings defense this year. Uh, they, they do have some cap issues and I mean, they could get, they could clear out the linebacking room. They could clear out the D, D line room, really. And they probably should. They could clear out Harrison Smith. Like a lot of this defense could be changing and getting, I think they're going to have to go defense here for sure, <laughs> especially with how the wide receivers went. Uh, I think you can give Osborne an increased role and just decrease Thielen to the wide receiver three or even wide receiver four with Hawkinson and still be just fine in offense. So yeah. focusing on defense is a big thing for them. Yeah, uh, for sure. Jaguars twenty four. Another weird, you know, pick. I think cornerback two is a big thing for them. I do think Tyson. Ed Rusher with some versatility is a big thing. What was that? Sorry. Sorry, I was just gonna say Tyson Campbell played really well this year. Yeah, I, um, I think he's their one. But, for sure. Yeah. Um, sorry. Go ahead. But they definitely need a two. Uh, I don't think they have that in the building right now. So. Right. Uh, uh, a lot of people can say wide receiver. If you add in Calvin Ridley, there's just no space anymore. I do think Marvin Jones is gone, but I think just Ridley replaces that. And there's just not a lot of space left for receiver. There is a space for receiving tight end. Uh, ironically, you know, we talked about the Jaguars in like a Friday fix last year where they had all this money. Uh, and they overspent for Kirk, but they had to to get someone in the building. They are, I think, like $24 million over the cap right now for this year or so. I'm sure there's going to be restructures. I don't think they're going to be over cap or anything. But guys like Evan Ingram, who were bought in for one year, nine million, and played really well, is is he taking a, a, a you know a cheaper deal to stay, or is he going somewhere else for the same amount of money? He goes somewhere else for the same amount of money. I think even if you bring him back for another one year deal, bringing a guy in like Michael Mayer is a better thing because while they do have Dan Arnold, uh, you know Michael Mayer is way better of a. You know, he's a way better combination tight end. He's the best tight end in this draft for me. Uh, he's a good enough blocker. I don't think he's elite there, but he's definitely an elite pass catcher. And I think he's a true inline tight end that can also split out. Uh, and there's there's definitely different types of tight ends in this class, which is different than most years. So, but I think Mayer fits, and you get to pair him with Lawrence for the future, and it just makes the most sense, with especially with how the board fell. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. This tight end class is pretty legit. Um, I, I'm not done evaluating all of them yet, but uh, a lot of people have been mocking three tight ends in the first this year um, thus far. So, worth noting. Um, and we got two in here, but stay tuned for that. Uh, next pick, the New York Giants. I had them taking Trenton Simpson, the linebacker out of Clemson. I'm actually kind of low on this kid. Um, I think that some of his game will translate, and some of it I'm concerned that he has to play like Will linebacker. Um, I don't know if he has the play strength to kind of play in a mic role. And my concern is that the Giants already kind of have that spot filled and they kind of just need those inside linebackers in their scheme. 
Um, so I thought about moving this pick to Drew Sanders, the linebacker out of Arkansas. Um, so just a caveat here, but Trenton Simpson on a coverage standpoint, one of the better linebackers uh, in the class for sure. He's going to be able to you know, match up with tight ends. And I think in that division, that will be key. Uh, and so I think he's a good fit to just add another weapon to their defense. Um, wide receiver is a popular pick. I know. Um, I think they're going to get a one. What's up? Top three going with how exactly. this went. Uh, it does sound like the receivers aren't going to be really coming off the board till you know, the twenties. So I think yeah. that definitely plays into the hand of the, the giants who really could do attracting like three receivers and signing one. And uh, their cap's going to be weird because we have to see what, what they pay for Saquon or Daniel Jones, and then we can move on. Uh, but because yeah. they are bringing both back, and we'll figure it out past then. I don't believe they're actually bringing both back. I think I do. I think they get one of them done. I don't think Daniel Jones wants to be back, man. I don't know. I don't know if I'm reading too I, much into that comment. That he's I think like, before this year, yeah, but I think Dable really kind of gave him hope again. I think he's going to stick around and reward that. Um, and if that's the case, I mean, they, you know, bless Isaiah Hodgins and uh, everyone I else. I love they, Hodgins. Everyone else they had step up this year, but it, they need a receiver badly. So, but uh, I, I think you're reaching for one. Uh, and, you know, following that up, speaking of reaching, Cowboys, Zay Flowers, by the from Boston College. Um Cowboys really desperately want a wide receiver too. Again, another team, if they can somehow make it work money-wise, D-Hop is obviously a, a perfect landing spot. Um, but it's just not – they they were so hindered by being C.D. Lamb only at the wide receiver position. Noah Brown stepped up you know, early. Michael Gallup started to get back on the stretch. And then T.Y. Hilton's getting a bunch more snaps than both of them to end the season. They need wide receiver too desperately for this offense really to function. Uh, especially now, with, like I'm going into the year saying Tony Pollard's not on this team uh, because with this late injury and such a severe injury, I don't even know if he signs anywhere until the season starts. Uh, <laughs> so he, can't he might physical. come back, but it might not be till the second half of the year. So you really need that second target and wide receiver here. And you also have to bring Schultz on a tag. Like I think wide receiver two is a big need for them. Um, I think say flowers might be the best on the board. It's a weird wide receiver four spot for me. Um, Josh Downs, baby, but I get it. Josh Downs for them makes no sense to me. <laughs> but, I agree. Uh, there's a few people that make sense to them, and I think Flowers is one of them. Uh, I do think he is a talented guy. I think this is one of the better landing spots for him personally. Uh, yeah. But I just don't know if pick necessarily makes sense. Uh, but this may be a trade back kind of pick as well. But uh, he's been getting first round hype, as, you know, through these last couple of weeks too. So we'll see when we're done evaluating these guys. But I think he'll probably be wide receiver four through six for me. So yeah, no, I get that. Um, I hope the Cowboys just realize that another year removed from injury, Gallup is probably going to look more like Gallup from before. And I hope they don't do something. They still need receiver. Don't get me wrong, um, but they I think also you need edge and D tackle and corner too. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, they need offensive they... line probably. You know, it's they need a lot. Um, Tight end. I mean, there's 
depending on what yeah. you think of like Ferguson and Hendershot, I guess, and if they're yeah. bringing back Schultz. And so there's a few question marks for them, but still. Yeah, for sure. All right. Next pick, uh, the Buffalo Bills. Um, the Bills need a lot more than we thought. I think they need a wide receiver. I think after what just happened with the wide receiver run here, uh, not run, but like just what is left with the board, I'm not super comfortable giving them a wide receiver. So I want Nolan Smith, the edge rusher out of Georgia. I think people are forgetting about him because of his injury towards Peck. Um, and so he hasn't played in a while. He is going to smash interviews. He was a an extension of the coaching staff throughout Georgia's championship run. They talked about it on the broadcast a ton, but like when he plays, when he is healthy on the field, he plays like that too. He is an undersized dude that can somehow still help in the run at an elite level. Um, very, very strong player. I think he's got really great bend. He's a guy that I think people are forgetting about right now. They'll come back around once we get to draft season. Uh, and the Bills really, really struggled without Von Miller. Um, I think Von does come back. I don't know what type of production we get out of Von, though. So I think you just keep adding to the fronts, and Nolan Smith fits a need for them. So. Yeah, he he's definitely a guy that he's popping more on tape than I expected, especially in that defense. So uh, I do think he's going to be rising up boards, and uh, this is about the range for him, sure. But, yeah, I think it's a good fit. I think edge rusher is a good fit. I think they went for the cornerback, too, this last year. I think it's worked out with Elam, personally. Um, yeah. I, you know, if – I mean, ideally, I think Brian Branch is their best pick. Um, but he's oh, yeah. well gone at this point. Yep. So, you know, <laughs> it's it's just a weird spot. So getting another edge rusher to help out, uh, and especially because Vaughn, even when he was in, he definitely – wasn't an every down player. And I don't think Rousseau definitely is an every down player. So getting a third guy is a smart thing. Um, Broncos uh, with the pick from the 49ers and possibly the pick for Sean Payton um, <laughs> is Cody Mock, uh, the offensive lineman from North Dakota state. Um, he is kind of listed as a tackle guard. I do think he's going to be more of a guard in the NFL. Uh, the Broncos kind of need, you know, pretty much everything. Uh, I, they have some centers with, I believe it's Lloyd Cushenberry there. Um, I, I do think, uh, who the hell did they pick last year at guard, man? Well, a couple years ago was Quinn Miners. Yeah, Quinn Miners. Yeah, it wasn't last year. Yeah, Quinn Miners, I think, played really well, especially in the run game this year. Um, passing game, it left a little bit to be desired. Getting the guy opposite him, I think, is the biggest thing for them. Uh, they have one and a half tackles. So getting the guy that can kind of play inside, outside. I think guard mock is going to be the best thing for them to really get the best five live and on the field for Russell Wilson and this new offensive system, this new coaching staff, uh, hopefully a return of a healthy Javante Williams. So I, I think it'll really work out <laughs> if you get great O-line play from this team. I think that's going to be the biggest thing for Russell Wilson's success this next year. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm going to let's speed round these last four. Um, we're over some time. Especially because we don't know what order they'd really be in. <laughs> this is true. Um, so the Bengals we have here, I don't think they'd actually be here. And actually, it'd flip now based on favorites and how the favorites have flipped with the Mahomes injury. But 
it doesn't matter because the Chiefs won't be taking this player. Darnell Washington, the tight end out of Georgia. The reason I took him for the Bengals, the Bengals are now experiencing um, what and honestly, their offensive line played really, really well against the Bills this last week, but they they also saw what it looks like when decimated. Um, Darnell Washington is an extension of your offensive line. If you line him up uh, next to one of your tackles, you are certain to pick up blitzes. He is the one of the best blocking tight ends I've watched in a very long time, and he's a threat after the catch. Big body, big red zone threat. Not that they necessarily need red zone threats in that offense, but um, they, they I still do. think they do. I still, yeah, I think T. Higgins is that. I think Jamar is really good in that situation. But I also think if you have a third and really fourth with Mixon uh, guy to worry about, you make this offense pretty lethal. He doesn't really fit the type of tight end that they have. Um, but I think that that's think the reason he... they go that direction. I think he can, though. So that's, like, obviously they have Hurst right now, and I think he's played pretty well in the system. Um, and I think he can stick around and personally be their tight end one. Washington is developing as a pass catcher. I think he would be – we would be less concerned about it if he didn't have one of the best, you know, tight end prospects next to him uh, yeah. over the last few years, um, Bowers. So I, I do think Washington – is a better pass catcher than we're giving him credit for at certain times because he's not asked to do it necessarily. Um, but I do think he can develop and putting him as your tight end two and more of a package player for the first year or two is going to be amazing for him. And especially in this kind of system to where if he just grows slightly as a pass catcher, Burrow's going to love him. <laughs> yeah. And I think he can really – this is just another layer of this team being a more explosive offense i don't think they can really invest back into the offensive line uh the interior had some replacements even this week they have both tackles out and i think both tackles played pretty poorly this year uh you know i think getting washington there to help out in passing plays and different aspects of it to really guarantee you know a certain side blocked against you know like the browns with you know one of the best edge rushers in the league or you know like the steelers with one of the best edge rushers in the league it's kind of a big thing for them to have better tackle play, and I think Washington guarantees that no matter who's a tackle. Yeah, for sure. All right. All right. Uh, Chiefs at 30. Uh, I went with Lucas Van Ness. Uh, obviously, we talked about Daniel Jeremiah uh, Edge out of Iowa for because I didn't say that. Uh, he had him in the top 10. Um, we're not there yet, but Still he definitely be. has good tape. Uh the issue is there's not a lot. Uh, yes, he he wasn't a full time starter, uh, but he was you know a very talented edge rusher. Uh, he played inside a good amount as well and was showed really good tape there. I think that really fits the Chiefs system. Obviously, we've seen what they you know do with uh, Chris Jones. Obviously, he's not that level, but I think learning from him and being a little bit more inside outside and allowing Jones to be more inside outside because he's able to move inside if they need. Um, the Chiefs definitely need edge help. They, they, I mean, they're definitely not a complete team. I think Jameer Gibbs is a popular pick for them and for a good reason because I think improving on McKinnon, improving uh, Clyde right off the bat, and then you could still use Pacheco as more of a grinder. I think that's a good pick as well. But getting defensive guy here that's a little bit more versatile um, to plug a couple holes because they really don't have a good edge too, and that's why Jones has played edge a bit more this year. 
So yeah. getting a guy that can help that kind of rotation makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I just have quick stats. I did a video for him on the Debbie Royale YouTube. 46 pressures, nine sacks, 155 snaps as a B-gap defender, 242 snaps as a five-tech or wider. Uh, so inside out, very much so. Uh, 116th in the nation in pass rush grade per PFF, and then a 17.6 missed tackle rate. So some holes to his game. Athletic developmental player. It's going to need to work on his toolbox, but I understand the intrigue. Um, yeah, it. it's just if you can have Jones as more of a full time interior pass rusher and then have him developing alongside Karloftis on the outside, I think that's a good combination to continue sure. this championship window, which is yeah. what they're always just trying to do. What I don't get is him on the top 10 because he's not in the top 10. Player. Um, I think I don't think he's here at thirty. I agree. But Karloftis was top ten until he was thirty to the Chiefs. So yeah, similar similar players actually. That's why too. I said it. Similar. That's why I said it. Um, okay, uh, thirty-one Eagles are picking again. I gave them BJ Ojolari, uh, the edge out of LSU. Uh, we had Isaiah Foskey in this mock for a second. I don't think he's a really good fit for the Eagles. But B.J. Ojolari has an incredible, incredible ability to rush the passer. The Eagles don't have a ton of needs, so they can get designated pass rush type of players where he is only on third downs to start, and he is just getting after the quarterback. His play and run defense is not great. Uh, that will need to develop. But I do think that some team takes a shot on him. I think he's arguably as good as his brother was coming out, and I loved Aziz Ojolari. So, um Aziz went top a second. He did. And so that's kind of the same range, I think. Um, I think he's going to be a top 50 pick. I just think the Eagles – I don't think the Eagles are picking a running back. I do want to throw that out there. Um, I know they're not picking a linebacker. Um, (laughs) And I feel pretty confident that they're not taking a running – like, I agree. I I am not confident that they won't take a running back. Uh, And that's – Miles Sanders returning, I'm confident they won't. I was saying they're not returning. I think it's really up in the air because they're clearly drafting one at that point, and you might as well take either the one or the two. Um, See, but in that case, I think they just take Bajan at 10 and call it and just say, okay, that's our guy. I think they value corner way more, though. I know. And along the same lines, they value edge more. So, um and BJ Osolari gives you, along with Reddick, as more of a guaranteed pass rushing down, you know, pretty lethal duo, stand up, hand in the dirt, whatever you need. Uh, and Reddick, you know, last three years is like 40 sacks on three different teams. Uh, and he's killing it this year for the Eagles. Getting a guy opposite him, which they really haven't had all year, uh, really will keep that going. And again, continue this winning window <laughs> for this team. So for sure. I think that's a good pick. And sneaking in the Steelers here for pick 32 to even out the draft, honestly, uh, for the two of us, um, which we're going to keep doing, I'm sure. For sure. Uh, giving the Steelers technically a second first-round pick, which is what it is. Um, this is from Chicago for Chase Claypool. Still a bad trade, in my opinion. I think the other second round is a fair game. This one wasn't. Um, yeah. But I gave the Steelers Siaka Ika, the D-tackle for Baylor. I think he might go earlier than this, but he was still on the board here. You know, Cameron Hayward's definitely getting older. Um, and they – so. yeah, And they have – really uh, I know. He is 
they have not really been able to replace uh, losing some people on the interior as well. And Hayward getting banged up this year really just exposed that D tackle room a, a ton. I think Ika really kind of guarantees that interior for the next couple of years uh, while you get the Hayward more replacement. Because I don't think he's necessarily a Hayward replacement. I don't think they really play exactly the same. But the pairing of him and Hayward is going to be really good for a division that runs a dick ton, which is <laughs> – so I think it's a really good fit. You already got a wide receiver. Uh, again, corner, big thing here. Um, there's a couple more corners that I think are going to be the first-round conversation, but I'm sure we'll get into them. Other than that, I mean, offensive line, but – once you're down here at this point in the draft, we're talking. I mean, I put Mock in here, who's he's among Finch. one of the better tackles left on the board at that point, and like, I think he's more of a guard. The, the offensive line, especially tackles, drives up quickly. There's a decent interior class as well. I think this is a bit high. I mean, we saw what happened with Linderbaum last year, who was you know a really good prospect. And he kept falling. So, yeah, that said, um, Anton Harrison isn't a super great fit for them, I don't think. Um, but if they did go tackle, I think he's the next one off the board, if I had to guess. But, um, but yeah, um, and that'll do it for our mock draft. We did 33 picks technically. Shout out the Dolphins for making every mock draft super easy this year by cheating and being a scummy organization. Um, and doing all the bad things. Um, but, uh, Randy, do you have anything else on this? I, we, our content plans uh, have not been officially laid out just yet. Um, <laughs> I going to say, did you? Because I did. Uh, no. It's usually more my, my back in this. Um, we're, we'll kind of look. I know we looked, and it's like, I think we said like 13 weeks till the draft. Correct. Um, Which... Is terrifying. So I would predict, you know, starting some shows here. I think we might be able to come back next week with more of like a, you know, a, a rookie mock uh, to dive back into more fantasy and give us a little bit more time to, well, let's be honest, give me more time to look at some film. Uh, fucking Debbie Christian here uh, making <laughs> this shit difficult for me. Um, <laughs> I'll just make it easier up. for me. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah, which will screw up at some point. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think there might be some Friday fixes coming soon. I'm not 100% sure if they'll be live necessarily, but I think they'll still come out on Friday necessarily um, just for the title. Uh, <laughs> they have to. I, I do like them being live, but we'll see with recording. I, I do have you know Friday night leagues and stuff now and then early Saturday, so I have a different <laughs> job than when we did it yeah. last year. Uh, slightly different. We might be pre-recording the Friday fixes and just yeah. toss them up. It so. might be a little bit of mixture as well. So I just put that out there. So it doesn't mean we won't respond to comments, but it might not be us responding to comments uh, on the actual video. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, that said, next week we'll be on a different day, uh, probably Thursday of next week or something, because um, I will be at a conference for work That's early right. in the week. So we'll make it happen. We might pre-record and drop it on on Tuesday as well. So uh, who knows? We'll, we'll figure that out. Um, we'll figure that out. <laughs> we, we sure will. Um, if, you, if you can't tell, we've literally done no play on it. We're just like, you, you want to do a mock this week? Let's do it. Yeah, it's time. It's time to get back into it. So 
Um, thank you guys for watching or listening. If you're listening to the podcast, make sure you subscribe, like do all the, the things uh, that you do out there. Uh, we appreciate you guys sticking with us too, especially during our hi- hiatuses. We hope you're back uh, watching us um, and listening to us. Feel free to let us know how stupid we are about your team's pick. Um, we do enjoy that. And it gives us perspective about, you know, maybe we're not going to pick everything that fans want, but it does. You guys watch your teams probably more than we did this year. So you have a better beat. Maybe um, you might have a better beat on what the main, main needs are than even, you know, the research that we've done. So, yeah, needs aren't fleshed out now anyways. No. So, you know, us picking an edge for your team now, they're, they might sign to, edges and free agency they might not be top tier but signing two edges means you probably didn't want one in the draft so we won't give them one in the first round uh right. that's there's a few things that'll change i talked about d hop being traded multiple times that's going to be, be a big impact i do think it seems like the receivers are falling down the boards so that's going to make a huge impact uh putting defenders higher up on the board so there's probably gonna be five or six corners taken in the first uh, i think there's five or six edges possibly because those are two of the three strongest parts of this class. Uh, running back is a strong top two. And then, oh boy, like 12 deep uh, more of really good, talented backs. So we'll get rid of a lot of these guys like, you know, Jamal Williams or, uh, you know, all these, uh, Leonard Fournette, all these guys are going to be obsolete in a year or two because of this running back class. Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott. He's a little bit obsolete now. Uh, Tony Pollard, if his leg doesn't fuse properly, I don't know. I, I'm just <laughs> there's a lot of like there's a lot cool. of really like second tier running backs that are in third tier even that are going to be gone because of this class. Yeah, for sure, it's game changing. But all right, that'll do it for this episode. We got to get out of here. Um, yes. We will be back next week at in some form or fashion. Uh, Randy, anything else before we bounce? Nope. Nope. All right. For Randy Hall, I'm Christian Williams. We'll talk to you guys next week. Later.